0: I'm Matthew.
1: I'm Marty.
2: I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3.
0: 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week, we are taking a look at A Chinese Odyssey Part 1, Pandora's Box, from 1995. Yeah. This is directed by Jeffrey Lau and starring Stephen Chow, who, welcome to the podcast, Stephen Chow. Yeah, uh, I don't, we don't. We haven't had, I mean, I guess he i don't know is there any possibility that he was like some random goon in a movie you've already done or? not really no he has kind yeah. of
1: an interesting background which we could get into on a later episode we'll hopefully do some kind of arc on uh stephen chow films but yeah this is a great kind of natural turn to bring he and also uh man Tat, who is his kind of on-screen sidekick for for many yeah. years both of uh both of these gentlemen into uh heroes three
0: yeah, and oh yeah, and I guess I should have mentioned that we are beginning our arc, taking a look at uh, taking a look at movies inspired by Journey to the West, specifically the Monkey King character, uh, because of course we looked at Havoc in Heaven last week, and like I said, this is a two part movie, a, kind of a three part movie, because there was a part three that came out, like. 20 years after the the first one too (laughs) right but yeah um, but we're taking a look at chinese odyssey part one and part two for next episode
1: yeah totally and um you know i don't i don't have the sense that either of these films have been as much of kind of cult classics in the west as they maybe could be or i guess i should say as they are in um hong kong and mainland china um,
2: I know. Would you say that they uh, haven't made their journey to the west? Oh, <laughs> Apropos. <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, I no, know. Both the, both the both Can- <laughs> <laughs> the the
1: um the Cantonese and the Mandarin versions are um like extremely uh, quotable and quoted and kind of like mm-hmm. I suppose I would say you know it'd be 30 somethings nowadays considering kind of when the movie came out but yeah yeah, these were these were gigantic movies and it hit right as uh you know Stephen Chow's wave was you know rising and rising Mm -hmm. um I don't I guess we can't say it really crested because he's no longer acting but still a a gigantic force in Chinese cinema as a director his last film The Mermaid was a huge huge deal and giant box office and like critical uh critical critical success um but yeah, actually one of his early his early hits was also directed by Jeffrey Lau and Stephen Chow is just a sponge. I mean, by all accounts, really <laughs> his whole life he's just been a great student of uh, you know, whatever he's kind of puts his attention to whatever he's interested in. And there's some uh, wonderful stories of films that Wong Jing was responsible for. Um, Mm -hmm. And we've talked about Wong Jing on the podcast and what a character uh, he is and kind of how wild some of his work is. But Mm -hmm. there's some famous stories of him falling asleep on the set and then Stephen kind of taking the director's <laughs> reins and sort of learning on the job that way uh, and then, or Wong Jing just not showing up at all and Stephen kind of running with the show. Um, mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, even though, you know, Stephen isn't uh, isn't a director of this film and isn't credited with writing it, this is really Jeff Lau's baby. You can still imagine, you know, Stephen's really absorbing in you know, every aspect of, of the filmmaking the filmmaking here and it really is a beautiful looking movie um yeah it's it's kind of that
0: crazily it's crazy how well shot a lot of the scenes are because i think um used to there there are certainly exceptions but i feel like a few of the movies we watched have some really cool fight scenes but it's the shots are pretty much just a wide shot to show like all the people coming in and out with you know with some cool you know uh, of course we get some some flair with uh like with the uh uh, lao garlong but this movie act has a lot of it has an interesting kind of style to it it feels very 90s which oh, yeah. is uh, which is always funny to see a movie where you can just feel what decade it was made in even yeah it's, it's a like a period it's, it's, piece it's, it's like
1: there's yeah. something to the cameras or the film stock or or something but yeah this definitely feels like post Choi hark once upon a time in china i was mm-hmm. i was gonna know, say making. yeah
2: if you, you know fans of our podcast have been following us you know i think that this kind of is closest to the jet li arc you know we we covered yeah, it once totally. upon a time in china and also the movie that i really like kung fu uh, cult, cult master. master yes and that's that's wang jing so um they, they there's this signature oh, yeah. style of, of filmmaking that you really got out of the 90s in hong kong uh once wires were introduced and yeah. <laughs> this uh this has a lot of those staples, a lot of really uh, dramatic lighting and like mm-hmm. smoke in the background, yeah. <laughs> a, a lot of like saturated colors for a lot of scenes. But and it's also
1: the, great to see how intentional. I mean, we should say like this is a comedy and yeah. oh, uh, yeah. it's great just how aware Jeff Lau and the whole crew is of uh, what would have been very fresh tropes <laughs> in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, right, right, right. And it's and kind of beautiful seeing that that sent up. And I, I think actually there's quite a lot of humor that, that gets lost during translation. Uh, Ooh, we yeah. should mention that uh, the official subtitles are are not terribly. <laughs> they're pretty, not terribly they're pretty literal. Yeah. So they're pretty and, literal. And even, which if, doesn't and even translate. if they were great, there's a lot of wordplay and there's yeah. a, a lot of sort of uh, cultural in jokes that you just aren't going to kind of carry it across.
2: Yeah. I do think that that's another staple of steven chow when you when you see his comedy and stuff like that there's a lot of slapstick there's a lot of wordplay yeah. there's a lot of um i don't know kind of like physical comedy almost like i, I would almost say you know like jackie chan's or he's very influenced by buster keaton and stuff like mm-hmm. this and you can right. almost see that Stephen chow was maybe like i don't know like a three stooges yeah yeah <laughs> well when know, actually like I, um
1: you know, one of Stephen Chow's biggest influences, and this is true for a lot of us, is Bruce Lee. He's a giant yeah. Bruce Lee fan. And actually, yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll hopefully encounter some of that um, where some of those influences come to play in some of his own work. Um, right. But yeah, it's interesting, sure. like, what you're saying about Jack, or even, like, Lau Garlang, as we're going through that arc, it's funny when a lot of Hong Kong filmmakers start to reach a larger audience. It's like they they devise some ingenious ways of, like, working across, like the language barrier mm-hmm. and some of the translation issues. And I think a lot of times that's maybe focusing on more physical comedy or uh, physicalizing the story and the action in some way. And, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's something that Stephen Chow's been, you know, focused or was focused on for many years in his career, like just having things translate and having things land and eventually having that Land, you know, beyond just the Hong Kong and um, mm-hmm. mainland
2: Chinese audience. I I totally see that, and he was one of the first uh, Hong Kong uh, like filmmakers. Like his movies, it was like the first time I ever saw a different Hong Kong film directly reference Bruce Lee, like as a wink to the <laughs> yeah. audience. Are you, you talking know, about or, like Shaolin Soccer or something? Yeah, or, sure. Yeah. And you know, like it was it was something like oh yeah this isn't like a a clone of bruce lee kind of situation this is like them addressing his influence yeah, yeah and, like an homage or yeah, a, like a reference and capitalizing on that the other thing is too you mentioned western stuff and i would say that his film some of the physical comedy almost leans towards like warner brothers looney tunes like totally. kind of quality yeah. T- and yeah which he like famously
1: Ooh, yeah. famously leaned into in that great and sequence in kung fu hustle yeah.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah for sure so yeah he's definitely got that kind of sense of mm-hmm. international uh, appeal you know he's yeah. going for that but yeah yeah but before we dive into it how about we take a quick look at the back of the vhs
0: the mischievous monkey king is at it again When his sticky fingers find Pandora's box, the goddess of mercy can tolerate him no longer, cursing him to live as a human. 500 years later, the bandit joker finds out that the threads of fate have formed a spiderweb he won't be able to escape. Two demons come to town looking for the key to heaven and the monkey who would be king. And a town full of fools is left to deal with them in the most hilarious ways possible. Starring Ng Montauk, Karen Mok, Yami Lam, and Stephen Chow as Joker. Prepare for a classic reimagined. Journey to the West is reincarnated by the mind of Jeffrey Lau in A Chinese Odyssey, Part 1, Pandora's Box. I kind of feel a little bit... uh, I mean, it's not quite as... Oh, not quite as silly. It not definitely not in this movie, but you can definitely feel a little bit of like Zucker Brothers, like, like I, from Airplane. Oh, dude, or something totally. Like that.
1: I know you're. Yeah, you were saying that. The I was mentioning record.
0: that. Yeah, or yeah, Naked before, Naked Gun or something. Yeah, Naked yeah. Gun, something like that. Cause, oh, and and again, I'm sure there's you know,
1: <laughs>
0: and Don't Call Me Shirley doesn't exactly translate to other <laughs> right. languages. So I'm sure there's plenty of lines similar to that in, in this and other Stephen Chow movies that i'm sure is really funny and has really good wordplay but only you know if if you speak cantonese or mandarin yeah
1: that's a a great point yeah i love that zucker brothers comparison or like you were saying yeah leslie he's almost a leslie nielsen of hong kong it's
2: great that's that's i had this like epiphany there's there's a scene (laughs) i'll bring it up when we're talking about the film itself there's a scene in the film where two of the antagonists the two sisters they're beginning to chase one of the characters And one of the sisters kind of breaks and like kneels down and it's like this moment where it's like, Oh, what just happened? And she the sister goes back to her and she says, I just had to tie my shoe. But then there's like a dramatic camera shot of her tying her (laughs) shoe and like there's like this like swelling dramatic music. I had Mm. such I was like, boom, this is like the naked gun. Like this um, is like totally like a Leslie Nielsen joke. I love mm-hmm. that. It's, yeah. it's great. And oh, I and one yeah, of my, like, Oh
1: yeah. I don't know. It, it's amazing. Especially when you're watching like a bad, badly sub, uh, subtitled film, which I mean, when I was first getting into Stephen Chow movies, that was kind of like the only option. There was mm-hmm. uh pretty poor subtitles on everything. When you get a moment that just really lands and connects with you as like a human being and like the subtitles either just go away or it's, or it's totally nonverbal. Like there's a great take where we're, when we're in the kind of the cavern sort of set of the, like the final act of the movie, mm-hmm. Um when Joker's like first uh trapped in there and Karen Mock's character is like falling really ill and he thinks she's going to turn into a zombie and then her sister opens it up and they do that costume mission impossible switch. Yeah. I'm you know, talking about, <laughs> uh, but, then what, what, oh, but then what's great is like, uh, so then he kicks, you know, the spider woman back in. Um But then anyways, there's some antics where it's like, oh no, whoops, I uh, don't mean to do that. So he like, he finds himself like back in the cave with her. Yeah. With the spider woman. And it's almost like he didn't realize like the error of his ways. And yeah. he turns around and he does this like innocent little like smile take. It's great. Just, it just destroys me. It's just. yeah. Uh it, It's the and, kind of thing too, where it's like, or maybe almost like a Robin Hood men in tights where it's like, it's the kind of thing that breaks the period just like yeah. so hard where mm-hmm. it, it just feels like such a modern like human touch or something. Mm. I don't know. I just love that. No,
0: you can, you never feel a little Mel Brooks as well. Just in some like the, the goofiness and, and I, and, I, and my favorite bit in that scene is after that, whenever he just, he doesn't even try to fight. just like,
1: so now you're going to beat me, aren't you? <laughs> Can you go easy on my face? It's the best part of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the beating up is like a really important source of humor too. And it's like, that's not just Stephen Chow. Like it, It's not my place to say probably and write angry letters, but um, <laughs> I, it seems like an important part of like, I think of a lot of Asian humor is like, and and maybe it even taps into uh, kind of like, parenting discipline sort of styles. Like there's a lot of humor around like just beating each other or like, or like being beat sort of from like a place of discipline or something. And I mean, that was, I I think that was true in like older Hollywood stuff Mm -hmm. as well. Like a lot of slapstick, slapstick I think came from a similar place and maybe not surprisingly, like we don't really have that kind of slapstick as much (laughs) in the, in the West. And we also don't, you know, we don't accept that kind of discipline. Um, but I don't know. There's just some some kicks to the groin in this movie that
2: oh, man, you're never going they to take, forget. They oh take my god, the Steven in particular
1: to a whole just, new oh. level in this movie. And then that's the my oh jam. That, that's oh, another man. that's that <laughs> sequence where um, it's weird. I think I I mean the finale is I think my favorite part of the movie. That dude, um, no, no. But when it's, but when they no. inv- they think they're
2: invisible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's my jam,
0: dude. Yeah, That's... The, there's a scene in the middle where they 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 get these invisibility talismans <laughs> from from Grandpa Buddha. Yeah, in the and subtitle they of, call
1: them invisible stickers. <laughs> yeah, which I, I
0: love that they call them stickers, but. Um, but one of the one of the henchmen for uh, Joker, Stephen Chow's character is betraying him and he immediately throws all of the talismans into the fire. <laughs> yeah. So I'm and I'm guessing off screen he just makes a bunch of fake ones. <laughs> right. That's That's how I read it.
2: And yeah. Totally. Whatever.
0: and whenever they're creeping in it's really weird because it almost looks like they're all wearing like diapers or something yeah for sure and it's then like Stephen Chow has like underwear. this Chippendale thing going on <laughs> he's got a bow <laughs> like, tie a bow tie yeah. a bow oh that tie. bow tie
1: is amazing and then he has some oh. kind of like yeah anyways some other apparatus yeah. to it but it's great because the two sisters are like of course they immediately see these guys like, okay play <laughs> play along yeah. or no I think Muntat's character like slipped them a note that said like oh yeah they've got pretend they they're wearing invisibility Mm -hmm. uh, talismans or stickers or whatever you want to call them um so there's some really fun kind of just humor around these ladies trying to pretend that they can't see these guys um and then anyway so Stephen chow ends up getting in a position where um he's in flames and essentially like his strange underwear (laughs) flames. And so he's asking like his gang of dudes, like his axe gang of dudes, to basically like put out the fire, which means like stomping as hard as they can. Yeah. It's probably what, a dozen Dudes, yeah, it's like a, a dozen people just all doing like crotch. kung
0: fu stomps <laughs> yeah. on his crotch. And the my favorite though is whenever they're like coming to the realization that needs to happen, there's like <laughs> yeah. 10 snap zooms in a row. Yeah, oh, that's it, that's, that's what oh, see in. <laughs> that was like that in my mind. That was funnier than the, than the crotch stomps because no, they it just just hilarious. keep doing it over and over.
2: Yeah, because he'll his head will be turned away and he'll still do like a turn <laughs> to the camera,
1: and then they do- the, like and he and montad are doing these really dramatic turns, and they're kind of like resetting as so though it's like starting yes. over
2: again. I guess. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like, like it's setting like up
1: the did. trope that's like pretty fresh, yeah. at least in Hong Kong yeah. cinema at that time.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like they're doing. It almost feels like an editor joke. Like an editor probably <laughs> had right. to watch, you know, had to watch Gordon Liu doing ten dramatic turnarounds with a snap zoom. <laughs> right. So he's like, "What if I just put these all in a row?"
2: <laughs>
1: that's true. Um, I'm sure that's like how that great Monty Python and the Holy Grail lancelot running gag. Oh, oh, sure. <laughs> Sure. you're right that's uh, the exact same guys. I mean that's the cool thing about like um cinematic comedians or like when the directors <laughs> are like the like authoring the comedy yeah I mean, totally. yeah you get yeah you get these kind of sequences you oh. couldn't imagine anywhere else but anyways like it's this escalating like fire on the crotch thing and like obviously the sisters are doing it on purpose um, but I just it's just like it's this, like, play of human emotions, like, mm-hmm. writ large in, like, this two-minute sequence. And Stephen Chow, the way he looks back at them with, like, tears in his eyes, he's, like, resigned to this fate of, like, needing to be stomped out. I don't know, man.
2: And just the That's, coordination. That is totally um, Jeffable, his, like, tearful oh, yeah. look oh, back. Yeah. The, the coordination of all of his crew, how they all yeah. kind of march forward and they very stiffly stomp down on his crotch. Yeah. And then oh, as it just... escalates, it turns into just straight up like wire foo, like front flips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's amazing. Oh yeah, we should say the action director is uh, Tony Ching Tsiol who I don't think we've encountered yet either, but another one of the great Hong Kong action directors um you may know his work from films like Hero and uh, House of Flying Daggers. Oh, great. But, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the Wirefu, in, in, through the Wirefu period, uh, really a lot of great work. And you can see that here. It's like really the high speed sort of like spinning, yes. flying with sword choreography. Really great. And a lot of kind of undercranking like you have in the period. But mm-hmm. uh, like you were saying, Matthew, I think it's yeah, brilliantly kind of framed and edited and... Really cool stuff.
2: Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're kind of jumping around a bit and that's that's fine. Um, But we should kind of go over the basic plot of the film. Just, you know, for for anyone that might not be as familiar. So we're, we're looking at a loose adaption of Journey to the West. So Stephen <laughs> Chow yeah, is pretty pretty loose. Pretty loose. Yeah, it's um, almost like a
1: modern reboot. Like I, I don't know. I feel like the way that a lot of the big studios over here like to treat properties now, which is like, oh yeah, we're not going to get into the origins, you know, yes. the characters, and um, and that idea of what you know, like we think of maybe like Star Wars as Raider or Raiders of the Lost Ark is starting kind of like, um, right in the middle of the action, like mm-hmm. in Medias mm-hmm. res, like. I think this movie takes that to another level, almost to the point of, especially if you don't have a great translation, of confusion, really. Mm. Yeah. I mean, did you guys... I have that experience where it's like a little lost kind of in the I mean the, the only reason the I
0: wasn't lost is because we have we did a bunch of research about training the west <laughs> for last episode. <laughs> nice. So like oh yeah that's the cool. Monkey King. That's the, Yeah Eternal that does kind of put you like, where, where the audience guys. would be yeah. Oh hey that's the Iron Fan. I remember the Iron Fan. Yeah which yeah. to most people in the West who you know didn't just do an episode on a podcast be like the what? Why did he that thing just grow in front of him? Why is when,
1: when you guys it saw the uh, the giant cudgel at the end? Did you like get emotional? Yeah, oh,
2: <laughs> a little bit. I was like, "Hey,
1: that's it." The was thing. like, "That's so beautiful."
2: Yeah, it's really good. And yeah, that's. I mean, I guess what you're saying, Matthew, is is we're getting what. I think the Hong Kong film going audience was getting when they were watching yeah. this movie. Yeah. Where it's to like, experience. it's kind or close, of this, or we're getting close to that. Yeah. <laughs> original thing. But then you see these characters that you're familiar with and you see these, mm-hmm. these actions like the giant, uh, the iron fan and, you know, white bone spirit, these things. It's like, Oh, I know that because of this. And yeah, uh, I think we kind of buffered ourselves for that. So we were yeah. kind of good. Yeah. It's really cool. So it's like Joker plays, He's basically like a bandit like leader. and uh, But we, what you find out over the course of the film is he's like the reincarnation of the Monkey King. Yeah, which yeah, is so a the,
1: surprise to him.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the beginning of the film, you get a scene of the Monkey King and the longevity monk or eternal monk or whatever you'd like to call him. Mm-hmm. They're um they're facing down, and actually it's interesting because it's Guan Yin, the kind of goddess of mercy that they kind of, when you see her uh, represented, she's usually like sitting on a lotus, and uh, she's usually like the savior in all their situations throughout the stories of Journey to the West. She's the one that kind of gives Longevity Monk the golden ring that he places on the Monkey King's head to kind of subdue him, yeah. and anytime that they are running out of options. They kind of run to her and she's usually the, the person that saves them. But in this situation, she's kind of scolding him and wants to punish him because yeah. he's taken the Pandora's box. And uh, he's kind it's of like wily. a striking
1: opening shot. Cause there's all this fog and smoke yeah. and which is, I I don't know, an ingenious way that I think a lot of these maybe smaller budget productions are at least smaller compared to, you know, Hollywood film of the time um, can, kind of achieve these like fantastic environments without having to maybe build out a really large set or use a really large location or something. But yeah, I love how she's towering over him. And, and I don't know Um, in general in this film, all of the female characters have incredible power and agency and yeah, control yeah. over the story in a way that's like, I don't know, super refreshing, I think.
0: Yeah, and, it's cool. And they're also interesting because they're not just yeah. bad guy or just good guy. Like there's a little, it's kind of weird how flexible it gets, which I kind of like. Yeah, and they're it's not different.
1: sort of like masculinized or whatever, which I think happens in a lot of like Hollywood stuff where it's sort of, this is just my opinion, Heroes 3 does not endorse these views. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Please email heroes 3 com. But you know, sometimes where it's sort of like, oh, oh, you mean like women should be like, uh badass and like shooting and punching and kicking like the boys or grossing yeah. out like the boys and like that's awesome. I mean there should be like every you know every color and every point on the spectrum I think should be represented but um I don't know it's it's really it's really great here cuz these feel like fully fleshed real human beings even though they're not human beings they're like these sort of deities. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Um yeah, so what basically happens is she's going to punish the monkey but the longevity monk he sacrifices himself so that the monkey won't be punished so then it kind of jumps forward like 500 years later Mm -hmm. and this is where we get the start of our movie so Yeah. yeah basically what happens is a woman shows up in the midst of the bandits but what you find out from her is that she's uh one of the she's called the spider demon i forget yeah, they they call her that. They or just sp- straight up call her the spider devil. <laughs> spider <laughs> although, devil, yes. Although it, it's
0: one of those weird things where whenever we hear devil in the West, we think of one devil, kind of like you would hear God and think one God. Yeah. But devil, right. it just, it's just like devils. It's just kind of another word for demon. Yeah. So I wrote down spider demon everywhere because it okay. sounded cool. Yeah, I like, like that.
2: that. Yeah, it's cool. And uh, yes, yeah, so she is awaiting the return of the monkey king because what her and what you find out a little later her sister who you find out is the white bone spirit i think they, yeah. call, her jing jing they in the just call her jing jing yeah yeah they're looking for longevity monk to steal the scriptures so they can make their way to heaven that's their like ticket to heaven and yeah. that's kind of the whole crux of this film and it, over the course of the movie you get to see different characters from journey to the west like uh the bull king or the ox king sometimes they refer to him as that and and that's uh,
1: like that costume is oh, i what you guys love think of the ox king amazing right? so much yeah, you get it's to like see. It's like shocking. Like we haven't really mm. seen anything like this, and
2: it's in almost a like uh, Power Rangers, where they. Have I was these gonna giants. say, yeah, whenever
0: he's fighting around, it kind of feels Tokusatsu <laughs> with yeah, all yeah, the costumes sure. and
2: stuff. Yep, and you get to see Pigsy in a certain way. <laughs> yeah. <So> after, <laughs> yeah, I'm totally... guessing we'll
0: get to see him more in the next movie.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. there's a lot of that too, where you know, uh they're kind of teasing you with these characters uh, a lot, and by the end of the film, you get the promise of something more. So, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's really cool. It it's yeah, very comedic. There's a whole bunch of fun stuff to look at mm. in this film, and yeah, the fighting's pretty good. There's actually, I would say, the choreography is kind of like more like this wire foo where you know when you do mm. see a fight there's a lot of people flying around and there's a lot yep. of last slow-mo um, yes yeah, slow-mo um I yeah think, it's sort of yeah. less
1: about like the point counterpoint or like character through choreography it's kind of just these beautiful sort of swirling routines usually mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but it's It's amazing. And um, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the actual principal actors are doing a lot of the, a lot of the fighting um, and you don't see much from Stephen Chow. I mean, we should say like, you know, Stephen Chow didn't really cut his teeth as an action uh, performer on screen. Uh, He's always really, you know, been a champion and a a fan of action Mm -hmm. cinema and has incorporated an increasing amount of action in his movies, but it's, it's actually kind of great at least whenever he's you know writing or directing the film he'll usually kind of portray his character as someone that really needs a lot of help or a lot uh, a, has a lot yet to learn about you know about fighting or or martial arts but actually in some of his more recent films uh he started he's actually started to get involved in some of the choreography himself which is kind of cool
2: and I was thinking about the films that I'm familiar with from him and it seems to to me that uh, a lot of times he'll play like kind of this ordinary guy or some kind of totally, down and out yeah. character but then they'll achieve some level of greatness and mm-hmm. then it's almost like a superhero origin where it's like oh now like i have this heavenly power and i can yeah. like, defeat my opponents and it's yeah, really cool sure. i i really like how he kind of escalates that in his films and um but it's it's very different from what you'd expect from like a jet lee or or a donnie yen or jackie chan
1: yeah. 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 Totally.
0: Another he's talking about great costumes. Another great costume that we get to see is the the spider demon's true form Ooh. because she's oh, she's wow. hiding out yeah. there to just waiting for the monkey king, and then of course the the white demon Jing Jing, comes in as well. And um, one night the way uh, the the spider devil spider demon. I guess kind of decides to to show herself to all the people, all the bandits that she's hiding out with. And this in this costume is pretty great too cuz it's it's pretty creepy and it feels like yeah. it feels like it's every shot in a really sinister way. Yeah, every shot that you see the costume, you never quite see the whole thing, which is what mm-hmm. you want because you don't yes. you know, it's it's good not look very good if you see all of it. Um, and I feel like it always zooms in with like smoke behind it every time you yeah, see totally. it.
2: Yeah. It's and it's usually, usually like uh, a red backlight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. And uh, at night. And, of course. um, that was the other thing I was going to say is that almost all of the effects in this film are practical effects. Yes. Yeah. And I re I respect that a lot. There's oh, a couple yeah. of, there's like, some compositing, of, but it's almost yeah. like
1: a la the original Ghostbusters or something. Yeah, like old school like, compositing. Like, yeah, like mid-80s probably, kind of Probably
0: stuff. not with a, or at least if it is with a computer, a very primitive computer is Yeah, to. Yeah. That's, yeah that's, I like really charming, one, I think. That's kind of the one, like I do like Kung Fu Hustle, obviously we're going to talk about it at some point, but some of the CGI is like, oh wow, that's really bad. <laughs> well,
1: and especially I, when you saw, I mean, I actually think like when it came out, uh, I, I also CG, didn't I see it really, when it came out. Really oh, impressive. Okay, yeah.
0: I saw it somewhat recently, so... But,
1: but yeah, the expiration date on CG, I mean, I think most <laughs> of us could agree, is like, it's a really short life cycle, like however mm-hmm. good we might think it is at the time. And I, I don't know, I almost think we're in a period now where no CG is ever good. If we notice it at all, it's... <laughs> Is, I mean, I, I, I think I probably feel that way. I don't know. I'm, yeah. This it's, is it's a not post, fair, but
2: yeah, we're in a post Stan Winston world. That's, that's what yeah, we're living in. Right a, yeah, I'm for just, sure. Well, and I think shame. also with
1: like Kung Fu Hustle and there was some of this that was tested in Shaolin soccer. And, um, mm-hmm. I think the story of that movie was actually a great frame for trying out some of the CG, which is actually utilizing Chinese computer, you know, uh, special effects companies. Mm. Um, and those two projects are, you, were actually really big for you know Chinese special effects, but mm. yeah, they may they may not hold up so well. But I'm gonna yeah, you guys are gonna be shocked to hear me say this, but <laughs> I, I don't think Infinity War is gonna hold up very well. So oh really? As, as far as the CG goes, actually, as far, yeah, me. I'll just I'll limit it to the CG, but well,
0: yeah, it's well, at some point we'll probably do a, a dumb special podcast where it's just Marty talking about how much he doesn't like Marvel movies. <laughs> oh, or, man. You, or
1: you can tell me that it's that it's broadcast live, but I'm just <laughs> never share. Just
0: of, never release it. Yeah, just put it in a dark just, and well, put it, it on you. a put on a cassette tape and put it under your bed and just and just know yeah. that it exists. <laughs>
1: no, that yeah, that will really help like my mental health. Yeah, my therapist is like, why are we always spending the entire session talking about? The Marvel Cinematic Universe. Marvel
2: movies again. Please. <laughs> I, I, I
1: don't know. No. But yeah, it's funny. It's like this compositing, Um, even though it, I don't know, it it must just have more charm or it must just hit us as though it has more charm or something. Mm-hmm. It's because it's not as though you don't notice it. I mean, it's, yeah. ex- it's extremely noticeable, but it's, it's handmade or something. It's yeah. Like, you
0: know that all, even though it's compositing, the thing that you're compositing into the shot exists in some form, yeah. whether it's a We're, tiny version of it or, you know, or it's made out of clay or something, you know, it yeah, exists. I think it's
1: like, there's something about the computer where it's like, and I'll just speak for myself, but it's almost like, uh, you feel sort of like mistrustful about it or something. It's like, it can be so, <laughs> so perfect. And yeah. it, it it almost like puts you on your guard. It's like, oh, are you are you trying to sort of like fool me or like to, like trick my brain or something?
2: It's that uncanny <laughs> valley, man. It's yeah, right.
1: ab- absolutely. And yeah, I don't think you would ever have the uncanny valley in like a purely analog or like handcraft kind of space, probably. Yeah, because I mean, you gonna, also you also won't get the photorealism. Yeah,
2: um, yeah, yeah. It's gonna either look really good or you're just gonna not even be fooled by it. There, w- there wouldn't be a, this almost, you know that good that you see the flaws in it and you're like wait no you know it's gonna there's gonna be this craftsmanship to it that Mm -hmm. right that'll just make it last longer to me i i feel the same way but yeah, it's anyways. Also yeah, sorry, getting back to the, the <laughs> oh, spider. Man. I love when uh,
1: uh, Umantat's character, like, he thinks he's grabbing Joker and saving him from the uh, web. But he's just grabbing the spider. And he's grabbing the spider and he's running yeah. around with it. And uh, it's got to be, it's like a different prop or something, but it's still, it's, uh, that would be a great gif too. Uh, oh, any it's so And him running around. And just with the gags the that follow that too. Yeah, he gags thinks. Or,
2: that Joker, Joker's like kind of underneath a sheet and he thinks that that's the spider. So they're all like uh, beating the crap out of him in a bag and then they light him on fire. And that's actually the first time. Yeah, That's the first time he has a fire and they have to stomp yeah, it out, stomp it out. And Dang. that's why he, he at the end of that, he tells his crew like, hey, this is how you put out a fire. You got to stomp it out. So <laughs> then they were able to use that lesson later on. Ooh, mm. <laughs> man. That's my jam, dude. I told you that's that's too funny. <laughs> oh, also,
1: the spider, um, like when she shoots her webbing out of her mouth, that's yeah. like that's a really cool. That is a cool effect, one. The way they do that. All
2: oh, right, there's like totally like a Gremlins two shot where Joker gets stuck <laughs> in a web after he's trying to that's run away. That's what it is. It's yeah, like and then, yeah, this.
1: the spider definitely gives off like shades of Gremlins two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another
0: wonderful practical effects movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, for
1: sure. Yeah, so like I don't know about you guys, but I think the the ending, the the final time travelly sequence yeah. of this movie mm-hmm. is is like a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And it's it's you know, it's similar to great like comedic sequences from movies that I love, but it's also not quite like anything else. And it culminates in an incredible, like see you next week <laughs> cliffhanger, <laughs> which the three of us like we instantly got Back to the Future 2 vibes. Yeah, <laughs> of course. For sure. Because there's that great thing before the end credits where you see some clips from the next movie, mm-hmm. which is true here. Oh, I thought of another movie that uh kind of was trying to do a similar thing, but they actually had a lot of production problems. Superman 1 and 2 were shot at the same time. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, huh. right. But, yeah, there was some kind of stalling and and... And stuff like that but uh yeah anyways so the the sequence mostly takes place in this these great sequence of catacombs uh which are you know all all set all interior uh Mm -hmm. not necessarily um lifelike or convincing but yeah yeah, they're beautiful and they're yeah so when do we first get into these uh they first
0: they first get in whenever they're uh I think they're running away because they kind of had a, a scuffle with the bull king, and they're trying to trying to get
2: away, right? And trying to hide yeah,
1: out. Yeah, yeah. There's some kind of there's some kind of refuge. And right. so d- you you get a yeah. big
2: huge fight sequence between the bull king and uh spider demon and white bone spirit so they kind of enlarge themselves and you've got their whole like axe gang fighting along with speaking them. of power rangers yeah yeah <laughs> this is this is like what i was talking about and kind of also um,
0: just a brief thing i love that there's an axe gang in this movie because <laughs> yeah axe gang and so, come Russell, so yeah they don't dance though kind of-
2: unfortunately <laughs> so what yeah, ends up happening dance. is that the the two women they end up taking joker and and chu who is the second in command um yeah. he's like kind of been hypnotized and they end up taking them mesmerized, to the mesmerized. The <laughs> <laughs> that gets some kind of cool like uh, uh animation effects too oh yeah cool like
1: like rotoscope drawing yeah
2: i so, really yeah. like that they take him to the spider cave. So the other thing that we should say during the movie is that Joker's character is having these kind of premonition dreams where he, he pictures himself in this kind of watery place. And what you end up finding out is that that's the waterfall cave, like from journey to the West where Mm -hmm. the monkey King would reside underneath the mountain of flowers and fruit. So uh, spider cave is uh, where they're holding them right now. And the the women are there. And there's actually this kind of development between these characters where White Bone Spirit, Jingjing, Jing, and Joker kind of develop this relationship. And then after a while, uh Chu and the Spider Demon also develop this relationship. So the thing about that is that the women are waiting for the resurrection of Longevity Monk. And what ends yeah. up happening is that the second in command and spider demon, they kind of you know, they get they get it on and she ends <laughs> up being yeah. the one that gives birth to the resurrection of the longevity king. Right. But By get but, it on, they stare really intensely into each other's eyes Well, and, and they're and like magic. trapped
1: in a catacomb with like a booby trap stone door. Yeah, out. there's this kind so, yeah, of
2: sitcom like, situation where they're pushed yeah, together so they yeah, they they're they're forced to develop this relationship. Mm. And um King knows about this as well and he's coming because this is you know big huge deal and journey to the west so this is where we have the setup for the final yeah. Uh, fight of the film and yeah. uh, it, while Joker is hiding in the cave and he's trapped there and uh, he digs up Pandora's box. Yeah. Yeah. He digs up Pandora's box which of course is part of the title of the
0: movie. It's pretty important. Uh, he gets Pandora's box and he also and, and that's like you said it's wherever he actually goes to the waterfall cave and he sees the crown he sees the staff and a whole bunch of monkeys kind of jumping around which is which is Yeah great. he has
1: all these visions which like almost from another life or like from his dreams, because he's been to this place in mm-hmm. his dreams. Yeah.
0: And right next door, the spider demon gives birth to the the, re- the reincarnation <laughs> of the internal monk, the uh, uh eternal monk, the longevity monk. And that's right whenever uh Jingjing, uh, Jing, who's been like who's about to die from poison, but then is rescued by the bull king, but the bull king like makes her yeah, it's like sure Quiddo quote. Yeah, um, so they come in and starts this this whole fight. Um, there's a great little bit where the uh, where the um, the spider demon shrinks really small and goes inside of the bull king and starts oh, like tying brilliant. his intestines together and
1: stuff, dude. And the way that like the set they've designed for like <laughs> his so intestines is like amazing. And she's just slicing it, and he's like, D-, and then but what's really crazy. <laughs> Is that the bull king? Then shrinks himself, but he doesn't really shrink himself. Like he shrinks like a clone of himself because yeah, he's just yeah. still standing there. And then he goes inside and he's he like, goes "Don't cut his... my intestines!" Yeah, and he goes inside of himself to her. fight her. Yeah, I love that. It's, it's so amazing. cool.
2: It's so weird. I I dig that stuff. Yeah, it's weird. and then
1: Ungman is like outside, almost like trying to like yell inside, and he's kind of Mr. Mom now. Like he's kind of carrying yeah. the carrying the baby and that's another thing it's just really cool and i don't know it feels like more contemporary than than the period in some <laughs> in some way um so this is like a really this is a really good setting to kind of um like emblazon in your mind yeah we're going to kind of live things. in this space and in this time uh for, <laughs> for a yeah, little we, bit we kind of
0: have uh, kind of a groundhog day situation <laughs> Uh, cause. Yeah, yeah, which is brilliant. Because
1: see, yeah, Joker finally gets to to Jingjing, Jing and she has killed herself with this with this sword with this blade. Because um, she
2: thinks that he was the man that impregnated Spider. Demon. Yeah, her yeah. because her sister basically lies and forces. Yeah, she lies to her.
1: Yeah, she forces hubby we should call him hubby because <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, like, know, I like i so like that true.
0: in the that is one thing i like in the subtitle because they just she just says husband and,
1: and yeah oh dumb, and also but... maiden she wants him to be the yeah she's like be the maiden oh, made, aren't maiden women she's like no we're gonna be raising this kid from scratch like yeah he doesn't know you can be the maiden <laughs> that was great and so she uh she kind of has power over him so he lies and said yeah joker impregnated her even though he's the father so it's like a real uh it's really kind of a low blow to yeah. both of those characters. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so she's sort of devastated in almost like this Shakespearean kind of way. Mm-hmm. Also, we should call out Karen Mock. I think this is her first entry in the podcast. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. Karen's one of my favorite. Oh, she's uh, great. Favorite actresses. She's, she's great. And she actually will pop up in a couple other uh, Stephen Chow films. But Oh, I'll um, never
2: forget. Well, I think it's in God of Cookery where she has this really goofy like big teeth. Yeah, a, <laughs> that's she's, oh man, oh man. She's so, she yeah, man. she's
1: always so game, and um, I think grew up in the UK. Anyways, like yeah, speaks a lot of languages. Extremely talented, but yeah, I, I this this shot of Joker running in on her, I love it. It's just like this stationary camera, and it's like such such a striking image, and I think it's so important to to kind of nail this because, like you say, we're going to be in this Groundhog Day mm-hmm. where we keep coming back to this to this scene. But they also, ha- they have a gag at first cause he doesn't realize she's killed herself. But then almost like Marty McFly, it's like, Oh, I've got a time machine. I can go back in yeah. time, but he <laughs> needs to harness the power of the full moon in order to, uh, essentially to utilize Pandora's box. So he needs to run outside and get to that full moon. But on his way is the, uh, the bull that's just kind of standing there frozen as, uh, the bull and the spider demon are fighting. And then, um, yeah, montad and, and the baby, and he kind of holds him up and they have a little back and forth. It's funny. It's not really <laughs> that much of an interruption, which no. I think like adds to like how great this bit is. Anyways, he finally runs out, gets into the moonlight. But as that's happening, uh, the spider demon has, uh, left the body and they're fighting and they're trying to retreat. And it's kind of a beautiful moment. She, she basically gives the baby away uh, to his father and says like look at you raise him Um, and meanwhile she's trying to fend off you know from the bull king Mm. and there's another one of these kind of Indiana Jones stone doors (laughs) that's that's dropping and they're all like screaming at each other so then we find he and Joker are left outside in the moonlight and that's where he opens his Pandora's box and says his magic word
2: Boy Bolomi. Yes. And there's
1: a, another really cool like old school composity effect as he like mm-hmm. magically goes inside the box and then he's almost like in the like center of these catacombs or something. So then he tries running right away to <laughs> <laughs> uh, he tries running right away so he can prevent uh Jingjing Jing from killing herself. And he's way
2: too late. Yeah. And anyways... It's funny. Yeah, they take this The way really, Steven plays this is Yeah. Just, it's brilliant. It, you don't need like to It's like this melodramatic language. thing. You're like, oh my God, she killed herself. But even by the second time when he arrives, he's like, darn yeah, it. Like, yeah. I just missed it. <laughs> he's like, I yeah. guess I'll do it again. So yeah. then he runs out and he does it again. But then you get this really funny kind of fourth wall breaking mm-hmm. thing where... <laughs> um yeah the uh, uh the uh what was
0: his name the the second they man call him Chu. Chu, yeah yeah Chu, oh, yeah. Chew. yeah, who yeah becomes pigsy he says the first time he's like ah, sorcery. then he, whatever <laughs> it happens the second time he's like
1: ah, more sorcery huh why did i say more <laughs> and then yeah, yeah like steven's fighting with him and he's like don't yeah like don't bo- bother me again, and, yeah, yeah it's just and it's great too because it's like it's almost as though he's wasting more time uh, <laughs> whenever he's like whenever they're interacting and it's, it's just honestly it's just great seeing these guys together. I don't know what the story is, why they haven't uh why they haven't worked on a project together since Shao and soccer mm-hmm. um but it's it's a real shame because and hopefully when we do our Stephen Chow arc we're going to see a lot of the two of them together. Oh, honestly, sure. it's like a Laurel and Hardy thing for me. Yeah. It's like they're just yeah, they're just <laughs> they're just so great, and it's like they can be so hard on each other. And the fact the fact that Montots carrying this baby is I don't know somehow yeah. somehow perfect. But yeah, I didn't count how many. How many times does he end up going he back? He goes. It's supposed
0: to say if you count the very last one, he does it five times because okay, he does it gotcha. four times before he's able to finally stop Jingjing Jing from. That's the other herself. thing that's cool. Is,
1: like it breaks the rule of three, which like yeah. oh. just makes it extra funny. Like, yeah, because not... <laughs> the third so the f- time when he yeah. does
0: it, he goes there. He just immediately goes to his knees. Like oh no, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: because he I actually like sees when, her
1: stabbing herself yeah. the other Yeah. It oh. gets closer
2: and closer every time. I like when he grabs the baby from Ta <laughs> and just starts <laughs> yeah. pounding him like just get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: man, it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. um yeah, he's finally able to to prevent her <laughs> from killing herself by <laughs> jumping in with this flying jump kick. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> kick. She's like I'm not going to miss it again and she smashes like a frozen like daffy duck yeah, or something. Yeah, it's really goofy. on the face <laughs> of this cave. Um, <laughs> but luckily they're able to clear everything up. Uh, she's about to kill him and he's on his knees and he's just completely like penitent or whatever and then he he tells her the truth which is no i actually came to your sister to try to get this medicine to save you you know i did not impregnate her and so it seems like we're going to have a nice little happily ever after with these two but it's not great right. yeah. but
2: but what yeah once what ends up happening is that the the bull king is continuing this fight so Jingjing joins her sister in the fight and it ends up being that they both of them end up sacrificing themselves to save Joker and Chu because they have the uh, longevity monk. So what he ends up doing is he takes Pandora's box and he wants to correct all of this, but it's something goes wrong and he transports way, way, way further back than he needed to.
0: Way further
2: back. Yeah, so we get a really, really cool. As a viewer, you're like, "Whoa! Like, what's going on right now?" Yeah. So he walks out of the cave, and there's he, it's daylight now, so he can't use. Yeah, Pendor's he tries box. to use Pandora's box, but he doesn't have the power of the moonlight. So yep. And when he looks at the gotta cave,
1: have that moonlight power. <laughs> yeah,
2: um, there's a young woman coming up with a horse, and wait, he's so is he a sailor
1: scout? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this
2: uh this young woman uh yeah played by athena chu which
1: is it almost feel, it really feels like a cameo in this movie because she has a bigger part in the mm-hmm. in the sequel um but not only is she a big star but like camera loves her she's really funny scary interesting i don't know this whole sequence is is great yeah, um, it, so he I, sees I don't know the, it's as great as that last scene of Back to the Future 2 where the dude in the rain is like driving up to Marty with the yeah, yeah. I love that scene
2: exactly so he sees the there's like a sign over the cave and it says that it's the waterfall cave and but he mistakenly calls it Wait, is it the other way around? No, right? no, it, it,
1: says, uh, the no, right. it says the waterfall cave or something. Cave, but, but he but, and yeah. calls it, like, the yeah. spider's den cave? Yeah, or spider web spy- cave or something like that. Spider web cave, yeah. he
2: tells that to her, and she's like, wait, that's a better name. So then she changes the sign with some magic, and yeah. then she attacks him and grabs, like, the... Uh, Pandora's box. Pandora's box, and she has her sword with her, and... Um, she ends up inflicting a wound on his foot, which basically fulfills the prophecy of him being uh, the monkey king. Mm-hmm. So um, she says, this is my place now. Like, I'm going to own this and you're mine, too. And then she walks off and then he looks as at his foot and sees the three dots. And now yeah. he, he hears in his head the narration from Guan Yin telling him about being the monkey king. Mm-hmm. So he was given this and, mirror yeah, and this during like the movie mirror. that shows the demons their true form. So he was convinced that he wasn't before because he used that mirror on himself. But now finally when he looks, he sees the reflection of the yeah. monkey king.
1: And then the music comes That's, up and it's so good. That is oh, a really great.
0: cool scene because it does like this, it cuts like in each cut is closer to his face and there's a really great like reveal where it's it it you know pans around and we see the mirror and he looks like the monkey king with the crown and everything yeah.
1: and we've never i mean we do see that makeup in the beginning of the film but it's so dark and there's this mm-hmm. really yeah. strong red uh sort of overcast light and yeah it's an amazing like striking shot and the music swells and then yeah we cut to the credits uh oh, so mm-hmm. so good
2: yeah really satisfying yeah, now, I'm
0: definitely looking forward to to watching the next movie.
1: Yeah, I would say for uh, mo- I would say for most people, I think actually part two is probably the favorite of the of the two films. So yeah, I'm I'm eager for you guys to to check it
2: out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this was really cool, and I think it's a great kind of introduction on the podcast for Stephen Chow and the style awesome. of. Of humor and action that you get to see from him and you know it ties into the journey to the west which is like something i'm really into right now because of the <laughs> um, i actually actually bought uh, the first chapter of journey to the west oh, there's awesome. like a there's like a translation by anthony cu and actually oh, okay. in 2012 uh university of chicago made like a I mean, I guess like a revised translation of it. So I'm pretty excited to read that. (laughs) Very Dude, that's great. It's just
1: cool seeing like this period of, this period of, you know, Chinese Hong Kong cinema and just seeing the depiction of this kind of high fantasy and the fantasy from from, like their own folklore. And yeah, yeah, yeah. there's just nothing nothing quite like this. I mean, in a similar way to uh, Havoc in Heaven, it's like- Mm -hmm it's just it's not like anything certainly there's nothing really comparable to it in in western cinema
0: yeah He's...
1: i mean other than naked gun of course, um, of course. and back to the future too now, i
0: was i was thinking that would be crazy if there was still consistently made movies that had like you know romeo in them or something like just one specific wow. character from a 500 plus year old
2: Piece
1: of literature, you know that will be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: was talking I mean, with one of my friends about how much more interesting these historical characters, fictional or not, are in Hong Kong cinema. Like we don't have like, I mean, I know there's like whatever goofy like Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter. Yeah. Or, or I mean, or like, like or you have like King Johnny Arth-
1: Appleseed. It's like, what did he do, dude? Dude yeah. planted some. Well, I, was, I was thinking
2: like King Arthur
0: or Lancelot. Yeah, like, yeah,
1: yeah, totally. Sure.
0: But but there's, you know, it definitely feels, again, you don't see 100 Lancelot movies coming out and, you -hmm. know, movies based on them.
2: And I think that although when it's public see, domain i mean you could yeah, yeah totally yeah, we like whenever we you see like sherlock a sherlock holmes movies so <laughs> sure yeah, like yeah, a, a sure. king arthur nowadays it's like dark and gritty or something that's true you know, like yeah this ain't your i think it literally was didn't, didn't guy Ritchie do a king arthur
1: or, or yeah, did a king arthur something like it's always something like
2: that it's like come on man <laughs> have fun with it <laughs> give me some colorful like fun action <laughs> yeah. you know like something like that. So way yeah. more and th- appealing than that is
1: what's that's what's really great about this movie is that um it's a lot of it's a lot of fun and it's going for really zany gags and uh you could maybe say it's it's kind of bro- more broad comedy mm-hmm. but i don't actually think that the fantastical elements are really ever compromised um no i don't think so i don't know i think i think it's a really it's a really cool cool mixture in this movie and that definitely continues and in part two, a mm-hmm. oh, one moment I just realized that we didn't call out that uh, is amazing and reminds me of no other movie. Um, when the spider demon first gets to the the axe gang's little village, you know, Joker tries to kind of consult with her, and it's and she kind of has this display of power, and there's really no confronting her she asked to see the soles of all of their feet because of this prophecy we don't really know that yet and so there's this great shot where like all these axe gang boys are you know just like lying down sort of like Butt on the ground, like soles of their feet pointed up, and she's like examining each of them. And when she gets to Joker's, to Stevens, we should also say he has like Eugene Levy, like, yeah, oh, his yeah. eyebrows and crossed eyes and stuff. Yeah. It's great, but he has these hairy soles of the feet that are just <laughs> it's so <laughs> it's goofy, it's so gross and amazing. It's like he has a toupee on his great. foot, yeah, totally. And, yeah, so, and she starts like yanking the hair. Oh man. It's this
2: absurdity, like you would only see it in like, like I said, like a police squad, naked gun kind of thing. It's like, why is this here? There's no reason, but it's hilarious. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, we got to say that uh, Steven's cross-eyes are really, yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, that's another thing.
2: Why? But I'm fine with it. It's really funny. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Man. So yeah, we, we were kind of a little all over a place, a little more loose than we usually are. Yeah. But I yeah, I think we got our point across. We like this <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like movie a lot. Yeah, it yeah and it's
1: like it's a kind of a cool demonstration of how to maybe like play with a classic story or classic um kind of pre existing yeah, totally. legend or characters. Hmm.
2: The other thing we didn't say is that the old Buddha, the grapes yeah <laughs> ends up oh, turning yeah. like that's the director. Yeah. That's Jeffrey Lau, the director oh. himself. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. yep. It's pretty mm-hmm. good. He's
1: great too, cause <laughs> Oh, another moment we've got to call out. So Karen Mock's character thinks like, no, he's not the monkey king, because I tried burning him with this fire and he was really like it hurt him and he was bothered by the fire. And so this monk who's basically like Buddha in Carnet. Yeah, they call him Buddha. Grandpa Buddha. Yeah, Grandma Buddha. Uh, he's telling Joker. He's like, look at tell her you're the Monkey King. We've got to convince her, and so they're trying to do it. Um, and in order to really like pull one over on the sisters, he's saying like, okay, uh, burn my hand, and he does one of these like, you know, they have uh, a part of a wall like blocking them. <laughs> so he's got actually has like Mister Buddha's hand, like playing as like his hand, and it's yeah. you know like one of those. Like, switch them ups, mm-hmm. and she throws the fire on Dude's hand, like this Buddha yeah. guy. And, and- Jeff Lao's take is so good because he's like trying to have this, like, peaceful, serene, like, I'm meditative <laughs> and I'm one with it. And he's doing this, like, nodding as his hand is just like rotting with this fire. And again, it's just crazy. You've never seen anything quite like yeah. it. Yeah, and not um, only that, while well, the hands
2: uh, are black and shard and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Joker oh, seems to be like prolonging the conversation <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Totally. to add to that. Yeah, it's oh. <laughs> it's pretty fun.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot of other little bits that we didn't mention. So if you if you're able to find this, it's I think you can buy it on like Amazon and stuff, like digital copies. Yeah, of totally.
1: It. And there there was a Dragon Dynasty like two-pack DVD that has part one and part two. Mm-hmm. Um it's uh you can still pick that up, so it's great. I think it's in kind of the later era of Dragon Dynasty, so it doesn't really contain much in the way of supplemental features and yeah, it's pretty it's clear they didn't features. even they weren't able to finance a new translation for the subtitles or anything like that but uh we should say the dub i know you you
2: enjoyed the dub right man mm-hmm. oh yeah i really like the dub i did too yeah i actually watched it last night before uh before it we has to be more today. of a modern it's so definitely i'm, not, sh- I'm
1: mm-hmm. not sure when this was done i mean who knows maybe this was something that was finance for the dragon dynasty dvd if so uh that's great uh,
2: all the voice awesome. actors are i mean it's it's modern so it doesn't have that kind of older charm but the voice acting's done really well mm-hmm. i feel like the timing compared to the film of the voices is done really well mm-hmm. where oh, you're yeah, watching yeah. it and they're matching it really really nicely um and i
1: think the, the translation is is stronger than what's in the subtitle oh title. Yeah. Yeah. and I feel like there's so, a lot
0: of stuff that they say that works. That, that's probably more of a translation of how the Chinese is meant to be
2: interpreted versus what it yeah, literally exactly. is. Exactly. I'd also say that, um, so like in the original audio version, the and the subtitles they don't refer to Chu, the second in command, by name. Like, they they only mention yeah. it once. And in the dub, they mention it a handful of times. Right. Also, um, That's one of the other kind of comical characters, Bing, that oh, seems b- to be like Bing. a... He's yeah, it, it's weird because it seems like it's played by a woman, but maybe not. I was kind of confused by that. But yeah, yeah. they say Bing's name much more times, so yeah. you know those characters yeah, a bit better a, in the like dub. The,
1: uh, whoever's doing the Cantonese version, I think it's true on the Mandarin uh audio as well. Yeah, he's kind of like pitching his voice way up there. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm not I'm not entirely sure what that that's about with Blind Bing, but he does get a heroic death.
2: Yeah. Uh, probably yeah, the most heroic sure.
1: death of the movie actually. Yeah, I actually um, would agree cool. with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the <laughs> dub is great. Uh, it's tough though. I, I, to me it it's like I mean, I think so much of the comedy, even if you can't understand it, really is in the yeah is in the voice, especially with Stephen and Ng Man Tat, and in their movies of this period, they always set out to do their own recording, um, which isn't true of every cast member, mm-hmm. and so that's yeah, that's something that's really great I think about watching the uh, the Cantonese version. But uh, shout out! I wish yeah, I wish we had more dubs like this.
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah, right. the other thing I would mention is that. For me, when I was getting into these films, I was also getting into anime. So I was kind of yeah. really getting into kind of that style of humor. <laughs> and I think that there's a lot of trading back and forth. Oh, so if, yeah. if you're yeah, kind of used yeah, totally. to like anime style of that, humor. There's definitely a lot, just of, kind of, a
0: lot of stuff that reminded me of anime, humor. Yeah,
2: I think that'll help you a bit when you're watching Stephen Chow's films.
1: Hmm. Yeah, totally.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you use. You check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're Heroes3Podcast on all of them. Thank you so much to the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit if you're checking us out from there. And Marty, what is our training for next week? I mean, I know Dude, what it guys, is, but... You guys are <laughs> going to be
1: so surprised. Drumroll, Tiffany. <laughs> yeah, so it's actually going to be a Chinese Odyssey part two. And the subtitle of part two is really interesting. It's Cinderella. Yeah, I'm
0: definitely curious to see what that means. Yeah. So, ooh, the <laughs> pot thickens. All right. Well, until next week, we're taking a look at A Chinese Odyssey Part 2 Cinderella. I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training.